when we first started dating, I was much smaller than what I am now. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, you don't want to have sex with me because I've gained weight. And understanding that that is an inherited thought that is of no fault of mine that I have those thoughts mm -hmm. and just imparting that to Ebony because we both are having the same stuff. When I'm having fat phobic thoughts about myself or about somebody else, that is white supremacy. That is a little white cis man from the 16th century <laughs> on my shoulder mm -hmm. telling me, this is bad, this is wrong. Mm -hmm. Here we go again. You're probably wondering, what the hell are you watching? Well, folks, meet Erica Hart and Ebony Donnelly. Today, we are focusing on Erica, but Ebony will make some cameos. Erica was once a professor at the Columbia School of Social Work, where she taught human sexuality. After causing a PR nightmare for Columbia, her contract was not renewed. But don't worry. She now works for the Hinge dating app, giving advice on non-sexual forms of intimacy for asexual people. But how about we spend three minutes of our life hearing how Erica introduces herself? Um, I was already introduced a little bit, but I just wanted to run it on back because I know I've been talking to you for at least the past 15 minutes. Um, again, my name is Erica Hart. Uh, my pronouns are she and they. You can use them interchangeably. You can um, use one or the other. As long as they are she and they, they those pronouns affirm me. I am Black, a descendant of the transatlantic slave trade. I, I make this point as Blackness is not a monolith. We all come to this country in various ways. And I think it's important for me to acknowledge the way in which my family came to this country non-consensually and another way for me to honor my ancestors. And although we came here non-consensually and were harmed greatly in the process, I am incredibly proud of my ancestry and the people that I come from. I am queer. That is how I love. That is also my politic. That is how I see the world. I am a non-binary femme. I do not identify as a woman I, or a lady. I am polyadjacent. This is a term that I completely made up. I identify as polyamorous, but I fell in love with someone and got very confused. Um, so I say that I'm polyadjacent, still holding on to the idea that there is not just one love that you will have, but there are multiple loves that you can have and you can have those multiple loves at one time. I am kinky, or I, I, what feels good for me in terms of kink or BDSM is being a sub or service bottom. It feels very good for me to care for other people. And this is something that I do in my kink dynamics. I place this here even in an academic setting because oftentimes um, people like to remove the expression of sexuality from academia as if that's not the place for it, but I actually think it's important if we have the privilege to to acknowledge what you know feels good for our bodies, why not? You know, to really um, uh, what is what do I how do I want to say this? I, I want to curse, but I'm trying not to. I guess that's consistent with what I want to say. Really, fuck with respectability is what I what I want to say. Um, I am neurodivergent. 
I have anxiety. I'm a white neighborhood and predominantly white institution survivor. I have only gotten this question one time of what does that mean? As a black person, navigating predominantly white spaces can be incredibly traumatic and oftentimes is. And over and over again, I have had to navigate those spaces um, and I have survived them. So that's why I have that there. I am a sexual assault survivor. I am a breast cancer survivor. And I have my master's of human sexuality. I have been teaching sex ed for the past 11 years with a focus in gender and racial and social justice. And I'm also a Sagittarius and we are the best sign. I'm sorry, I won't debate anybody on that. This is the typical keynote intro for Hart speeches. In 2022, Erica Hart was the keynote speaker at the University of Richmond's Pleasure Fest. Mind you, two years after being fired from Columbia for being a nut job, her talk was called Radical Sex Positivity and was accompanied by this blurb. This workshop will be a course around sexual health and wellness from a queer anti-racist lens. It will center those who navigate society from its margins and help participants identify their own complicities in racialized systems of unjust, foster practical ways to make spaces safer for marginalized groups, and apply a pleasure and consent-based inclusive approach to their professional and personal lives. Hey, Erica, ever hear of a run-on sentence? Once again, let's hear it straight from the horse's mouth. So the title of this workshop is Joy Through Radical Sex Positivity. And I think we have to take, you know, a thousand steps back before we even begin to, you know, as Salt and Pepper sang so perfectly, and rats, let's talk about sex. As when we are dealing with an anti-Black world, an anti-Black institution, we have to first acknowledge what are the ways in which certain bodies are regarded in this institution and how then does that impact their access to pleasure? How does that impact their access to pleasure if they're not even able to go to school in a way that feels good for them? If they're not able to go to school without being harmed? If they're not able to teach without losing their job or fear of losing their job because they're black, right? So we have to start there and then begin to piece apart what, how are these particular barriers in the way of folks accessing pleasure? So for Hart, discussing access to pleasure is key to sex education because there are people who aren't seen as sexually appealing due to racism, fat phobia, Buzzword, buzzword, buzzword. If you have ideas as fuzzy as these, they'll sound more impressive in corporate ease. So weave a tangled fabric and wax polysyllabic. Watch to the boogie, the buzzword boogie, gonna do the buzzword boogie all day. There's a guy that, you know, I, I loved. I, won't, I will not say his name. Um, <laughs> I loved him in middle school. And I'll never forget it, but it was me on one side of him and a white girl on the other side. And he said, I want to be with her. 
And it didn't necessarily hit me in the way of understanding the ways in which desire is political until I was much older, is that she was the object of desire, not me. And everybody was kind of watching this courting of who is he going to choose? Like, seriously, middle school is awful. <laughs> um, who is he going to choose? Who is he going to be with? And it's like he chose her. And even in my heart of hearts, I was like, of course he's going to choose her. She's prettier than me. Quite naturally, she would be prettier than me. And I was because I of her been, race, because of her. Yeah, because of how she looked. Yes, absolutely. And it's but I had be, been receiving that messaging for a very long time. I mean, Beauty and the Beast is not a black girl. Do you know what I mean? Like there's lots of imagery where it's not that the black girl wins, you know, the, the prince sleeping beauty, not a black girl. So it's like you see these things over and over again and you don't get how they impact you. And that's why you can't talk about sex and gender without talking about race and about talking about class and about talking about the systems of oppression that impact us in this country. It's just impossible. For all we know, the middle school crush who favored the white girl had a chemistry that he simply did not have with Hart. But no, she, of course, is a victim of racism and is oppressed. The only solution to get somebody to like her is for the proletariat to rise up against the bourgeoisie. All of the U.S. is racist. In every, it's in every single institution. And we could write about this every week. It could be literally the same article every single week. We have go, go. Um, I think it should no longer be surprising that these spaces are, are racist. And so I, I use that as a way to say, okay, you see me as topless. You're shocked by this photo, which is also a function of patriarchy and, and, and also capitalism that a feminine body can't just be without a shirt, but a cis man can be without a shirt on the internet. That's completely fine. Jeez. Since all America is racist, and once again, we live under the boot of capitalism, we probably need to understand what is and what is not white supremacy. So uh, culturally, white supremacy will demand perfectionism, something that is unattainable, right? I remember when I got uh, B's and C's in high school, my, and it was after my mom had passed away when I was 13, my dad said, you know, B's and C's are good, but you can do better. Not acknowledging or considering, like, I have been through a traumatic year, and perhaps B's and C's are not something that I need to, uh, that's the best thing that I was going to attain, and that A's are not something that I have to then reach for, right? I'm doing the best that I can. But for him, it's always a is what you need to be getting. That's perfect. That is the perfect um, grade. Anything less than that is unacceptable, right? And you see this in institutions. That not, that's not just my dad. Um, you see this in institutions across the country where A's are celebrated and B's and C's and even failing a class is something to be um, ashamed of, right? It's something to then be looked down upon. Miss Hart states that perfectionism, Worship of the written word, urgency, objectivity, right to comfort, oxygen, water, green grass, and cupcakes are all white supremacy. Of course, she just blathers her nonsense without any charge to provide any kind of evidence. Are there other cultures that like the written word? Hmm. Didn't the ancient Sumerians invent writing? Do you want your airline pilot to be a perfectionist or should he just wing it? Maybe. Maybe.
Part of Indian yogic culture is the Vamkushki, the post-nap lunch. Sounds fairly agreeable and rational to me. Oops, rational thought is racist. Sorry, Aristotle. Back to Erica Hart and her race hustling. We say that our love is not complicit in white systems. And what that means is that we just talk about our relationship separate from the ways in which the world impacts us. Before I went topless, bit on dating sites and sent people like a nude selfie, like after they sent me one. And literally some people have stopped talking to me after I sent them a nude selfie. I can laugh now, but oh my God, was that traumatizing? Like literally ghosted after that. It's more than criticism. I think criticism, it's just, it's like, it's anti-blackness. Like it's not okay. criticism. It's yeah. it's um, a resistance to see someone standing in their truth mm -hmm. and resisting systems of oppression. Like I'm not better than him. I haven't reached anywhere. We have very different body types. The world relates to our bodies very differently. Mm -hmm. um, so also acknowledging my privilege within that as well. Mm -hmm. There's ways that white supremacy will celebrate a proportion body over a body that is seen as just fat in the ways that it doesn't want fatness. The way we talk about fatness is very blanket. Like, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat, but there's different fats um, mm. and different experiences of fat. The more that is talked about and more opened up, I think more folks, especially fat folks, will feel better in their bodies and their existence. If you're going to have multiple partners, then communicate that. Just being honest with each other. You're still so in a global pandemic and a, a living through a genocide against black folks, state-sanctioned continued violence happening all over the country. Even if a white person were to lose their job, they could easily get another job somewhere else. Um, so that it's just not a thing and it's always, you know, a, a concern of white folks, something that's not happening to them. So it's really just uh, when, 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 White people are saying this, or people who are protecting white folks, not all skin folk or kin folk, right? Remember to check your white fragility and or your protecting whiteness or white people. Your queerness will not absolve you of your racism. Again, your queerness will not absolve you of your racism. White supremacy can be reform cannot be reformed or diversified. It must be demolished. Knowledge means nothing if you do nothing with it. Decolonizing is an action. After hearing all those clips, you would imagine Hart had a very tough upbringing and was a victim of brutal racism, right? Her podcast is called Hood Rap to Head Rap, a decolonized podcast. So she must be from the hood, right? What was it like in Maryland being mm. a young, black, queer person? Relatively, would say like middle to upper class upbringing, mm -hmm. living in the suburbs, running around like hair everywhere with yeah. no complaints in the world. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. Middle to upper class upbringing, mm -hmm. living in the suburbs. So Erica grew up as an upper-class child with no complaints, yet all of America suddenly is racist. Perhaps this is the way you get a professorship at Columbia or get invited to talk about how fat you are at super-woke schools like the University of Richmond. Perhaps universities and corporations are so desperate not to be accused of racism. Race hustlers, rich kids, and grifters like Erica Hart use their platforms to gaslight 
everyone they hate. Gaslight girl boss gatekeep, that's how I start my week. Yeah, you gotta move your feet, now listen to the beat. Gaslight girl boss gatekeep, that's how I start my week. Yeah, you gotta move your feet, now listen to the beat. She's a discontented hater. She represents an entire class of academics who fund their bougie, hedonistic lives by spewing hate and perversion on university campuses. The University of Richmond doesn't have the balls to call her out, and thus she gets to indoctrinate its students with Marxism, victimhood, perversion, and utter nonsense. The University of Richmond platforms people like this all the time. One of Erica Hart's friends, Sonali Rashtar was on a recent panel with future guest Dr. Athea N. Chaudhary had this to say about Bill Cosby. If we actually grappled with the fact that sex negativity is what causes this type of behavior, then we could create a world where in a sex, idyllically sex positive world, someone is able to pay conscious women to come and be drugged so that I can get my kink out, my, my fetish on having sex with unconscious people. There's a consensual way to do that. This is what they mean when they talk about sex positivity. Does that sound feminist? Does that sound like love? Does that sound like healthy respect for others? These are insane Marxists, and they are teaching your children at the University of Richmond for $81,000 a year. Wake up, people. Make some noise or you will lose your country. This is cultural insanity. Do not give U of R any money. Do not send your children there. Be gaslight, girl, boss, gatekeep. Lazy bitches stay asleep. You know I'm a 